Hey everyone, I'm Mark Robison, and I'm a candidate for the North Carolina State Senate representing Charlotte's District 39. Uh, I'm also your host for the Elephant in the Room podcast. And this is where we tackle issues that a lot of folks are thinking about, but nobody seems to be talking about. And today we're going to tackle a big piece of North Carolina and our future, and that is education. Um, Really, specifically, uh, how to close the educational attainment gap uh, that happens, I think, between uh, high school and post-secondary. And I cannot be happier to have a guest that knows a lot about this. Her name is Mary Claudia Belk-Pylon. MC is the president and board chair of the John M. Belk Endowment. MC, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Mark. (laughs) That is great. Hey, listen, so I want to dive right into it because I want to get to the details. Um, so your dad was John Belk, and he not only was the CEO of Belk Department Stores, he's also the mayor of Charlotte back in the 1970s. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know um, I-277, which is right around the city, is named after him. And, you know, there's a lot of ways that he could have chosen to help the community and the state uh, with the endowment fund. And um, why did why did he choose education, for instance, over uh, you know, some of the other issues that we face? Great question, Mark. So the Belk family has special ties to North Carolina. In 1888, it was where Belk started in Monroe, North Carolina. And so the endowment was set up in a way to give back to the state that had supported not only the extended Belk family, but the Belk company as well. And so education was a very important value to my grandfather, William Henry Belk. And he started Belk with an entrepreneurial idea and no formal education. And he valued education and what it could do to change the trajectory of someone's life in his personal life. Yeah. And it was his personal mission for him to be able to make enough money to send his six children to get an education. Oh, wow. This deep value on education translated to his children. And so when my dad graduated from Davison College, he gave his diploma to his dad. And oh, so that's so cool. And he yeah. was six. He was one of your grandfather's six kids. And, the, and he went to Davidson. That's amazing. So he created the endowment, which funded um, a scholarship program under the John and Belk Scholarship Program at Davidson College, his alma mater, because it impacted <clears throat> his life so much. He wanted other talented young people across the nation to have the same opportunity that he had. The, you know, it, it's so interesting to hear that story because that is kind of how this endowment has has played out. In other words, he said, OK, I'm setting this endowment up. It was my father's idea that we you know, he didn't have a formal education. So he had all his kids get a formal education. And then he started to set up this endowment fund. Um, and then you took a what what year did you take over the endowment, your dad's endowment? So, yes. So, um My um, dad died in 2007, and so I was tapped to lead the endowment into the future, kind of by identifying the most pressing needs in education and work towards solutions. And so I was tasked with setting up the endowment's infrastructure, and he left his vision was to include full flexibility to meet mm-hmm. the needs of the time 
a retail um, <laughs> tie, but right. also education in North Carolina. And so as we reflected on his life, he was always hiring for a workforce in the 17 Southeast state footprint. Right, right. Or for the city of Charlotte. And so the employees across these entities all required a very diverse set of educational degrees and sure. credentials. And so um, that was why. So this, so this was really born um, out of the need. Okay. So I, you know, I've got belt department stores and I, I, I need to have trained employees and not, a, there's, there's not a lot of training, especially back a hundred years ago in the South, when the South was going through such hard times. Um, he said, okay, well, well, we need, an, we have a need uh, to educate. And now it sounds to me like you have spread that out, not just to find employees for, you know, the department stores, but really all North Carolinians. And I think that's, that seems very, very exciting. And then I guess, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I guess you were, when you were uh, getting started, getting, or I shouldn't say getting started, you were, you were moving along with the foundation and the endowment. Um, you kind of had this epiphany and you started My Future NC and the My Future NC Commission. What exactly is that? So our mission, like you said, is to transform post-secondary educational opportunities to meet North Carolina's evolving workforce needs in our 100 counties. Right. So in 2012, Charlotte hosted the DNC. Mm-hmm. And I attended an education panel that featured Jamie Marisotis, who is president of the Lumina Foundation, Tony Carlovati, who's director of Georgetown Center and Education and Workforce policy shop and former Lieutenant Governor Joe Garcia. Lumina shared the urgent call to action around the talent crisis to increase educational attainment with an equity lens. Georgetown provided the data about education attainment levels and the connection to the workforce for North Carolina's 100 counties. So coming from retail where you live and die, by data, yep. I felt like someone had turned on the lights in this new bill, big philanthropic world. Right. And, and it's almost like you had an epiphany. Uh, to- yeah. So next, former Lieutenant Governor Joe Garcia talked about the why and how Colorado had state a college attainment goal, which not only raised expectations, wow. but also connected the value of the macro lens of the whole education continuum. So early child care, K-12, higher education, which includes community colleges, the independent colleges, and the UNC system that ultimately creates our state's workforce. So I was hooked. I was called, I visited, I emailed Jamie and the Lumina team. I read about how other states had set these goals about how they aligned and coordinated state education institutions, strategies, and policies that tied it all to a goal. We realized that North Carolina was going to remain competitive in a global economy. We needed a state attainment goal. And North Carolina needed to intentionally create a comprehensive plan to educate our homegrown and our immigrant talent. So we also knew we needed to engage and go deeper into North Carolina data. 
So we spent the next seven years establishing and launching My Future in C. With partnerships from many of North Carolina's thought leaders, we brought together My Future in C Commission with the goal of holding a statewide conversation about economic competitiveness, workforce development, and educational attainment. So over the course of about two years and guided by the 2016 Leaky Pipeline Report, the commission gathered input from experts and conducted research on workforce needs where students were stuck along the education pipeline. So getting to the point of your question, in 2019, with bipartisan support from the governor, the Senate, and the House, we were able to officially launch North Carolina's post-secondary attainment goal to educate and upskill 2 million 25 to 44-year-olds with a high-quality post-secondary credential or degree by 2030. That is super ambitious. I think right now, what is it? It's like 600,000, I think, right now, right? It's it's less than half that number that have that, I guess, that uh, attainment, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, it's something that struck me, too, when you were talking. You mentioned Colorado. You mentioned other states. I think we in North Carolina like to think that we, uh, we have all the answers. And uh, when I was growing up, my dad used to say, you know, uh, you know, there are uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, Mark. You know, there are other people that have good ideas. Why not use those? And it sounds like, you know, like using Colorado. I think in the past you've told me about Tennessee. You know, obviously we are a very unique state. We're the best state, obviously. But um, taking pieces from other states that have done it right. It sounds like this is becoming a, a really positive advancement towards that that uh, that uh, educational attainment gap. Yes, yes. Um, North Carolina has many, many higher education assets. And so um, that's why this work, these collaborative networks are so big and complex. Mm -hmm. And um, they're, but they're really important. And so my future in C looks at our state's entire education continuum from pre-K to K-12 to post-secondary. And each section of the education continuum is built upon itself. In isolation, they're very important. But together, this pipeline is educating and preparing our state's workforce for today, tomorrow, and the future. And so one of the most important findings from our research is that the largest market share of talent is our state community college system is the third largest system in the nation. And regardless of where you live across the state, there is a community college location within 30 miles of your home. Wow. In 2018, we started visiting each one of our 58 community colleges, and we can attest to their unique reach they have in each county. Community colleges serve high school students and recent graduates, adult learners, returners, and local business and industry. They really are connected with the roots of community. They create vital pathways for citizens to achieve families sustaining wages and opportunities for future job growth and development. Upward economic mobility and improved quality of life and improved quality of our 100 counties. 
So, you know, one of the things that strikes me, too, and I did not realize we had the third largest uh, in the United States. But, you know, just in my kind of prep work to run for the state Senate, what I realized is that, for instance, 60 percent of the North Carolina's annual budget, I mean, it's about twenty seven billion dollars and 60 percent of that uh, goes to education. And I was really surprised about that. But what got me, I think, the most was the fact that, you know, I think $4 billion goes into our university system, whereas only about $1 billion goes into the community colleges. And it, you know what it made me think about was, I don't know, for the last few decades, um, it seems like our society has put so much emphasis um, on a four-year college degree uh, and then, you know, go on and get your master's after that. And it's almost like they're they're forgetting about the community colleges. They're forgetting about the trades. And y'all have spent a lot of time, like you just said, you visited all of the, co the community college campuses and working with those. And it reminds me, of course, of, you know, your father and, and your grandfather working with community colleges to have uh, to have a workforce that's specific. I mean, you know, electricians, uh, welders, we, we need so many uh, high paying professions that don't don't require four year and uh, degrees and master's degree. So. So why is it that you guys are spending? I mean, maybe I answered the question there, but I mean, why are you spending so much time on the community colleges versus, uh, for instance, our university system that seems like it's got so much more funding? Well, I think, you know, all of our education institutions are important um, in in doing our research, going back to the 2016 leaky pipeline report, we saw that that there is a shift in the changing demographics. And so as our high school population decreases, and it's still very, very important, but as they decrease, we need to find citizens in North Carolina to help educate and upskill them for the jobs that are required for today, tomorrow, and the future. And so the data tells us that that's our 1.3 million adults in North Carolina that um, don't have a degree or credential, but are incredibly important keys to our state reaching the 2 million by 2030 goal. And so we must focus on this adult learner population to uplift yeah. communities and families and individuals in North Carolina and beyond. And knowing that these adult learners are vital for the future of our workforce and education is such a valuable tool for social mobility for these adults. We, along with the coalition of educational leaders across North Carolina, helped kick off NC Reconnect efforts to increase the number of adult learners enrolling and competing, completing, not competing, yeah. at community colleges and ultimately engaging in the workforce. And so while Still early in this work, the past few years have further illuminated just how uniquely positioned the North Carolina Community Colleges are to serve this large population of adults who we believe are key to meeting the needs of our state in the right. years to come. And this effort has been successful because it's been intentional and collaborative in nature. And we're immensely grateful to the participating colleges in their presidents who are paving the path for a broader statewide plan. And we're also thrilled to be leading this work along with our colleagues from the North Carolina Community College System, right. Future NC and NC Belk Center's Community College Leadership Team. 
I mean, I, I looked through, I was just scrolling earlier through your list of, you know, board of directors and it goes on and on and on. And it, it's, it's um, you know, your advisory board of commissioners, your board of directors, these are big names in education, not only education, but I mean, and Goodnight from the Goodnight Foundation. It sounds like it's a, it's bipartisan. It's all across the spectrum of education. And it's very impressive. Do you think that 2 million can be achieved by 2030? Are you guys on track? <laughs> Are we on track? Well, that's a great question. Um, COVID has definitely impacted the data, but oh, yeah. that makes it that much more important. Um, this right. is a cross-sector group um, of North Carolina leaders that we will always rethink and retool and add to this group. but we all are drinking the Kool-Aid and really care about the education continuum and what the workforce of our future looks like. Right. And we're a state that's really lucky that has a lot of people moving here. And so we need to be able to think today and tomorrow in the future about how we educate and upskill our citizens um, to, to build and support our state. Yeah, I it, I was uh, I guess CNBC had a poll a few weeks ago and North Carolina came out on top, number one in business. And that is so exciting. And I'm thinking that the way to, you know, of course, it's a double edged sword because then we do have many people moving here and we've got to have everybody prepared. And uh, it sounds like I mean, it's just wonderful what you and so many others are doing. Um, with not only your, your dad's endowment, but this My Future NC is amazing. And um, if anybody wants to visit the website, it's myfuturenc.org. And um, this is my favorite part, MC. This is this is where I get to, to you get to be uh, you get to have a uh, three wishes from the from the genie. So if you had a magic wand and you could fulfill your dad's vision of what the future of North Carolina education would look like. What would you, or I guess, what would he like to see happen? Huh. What what a great question. Um, well, one of the things we've learned throughout the years is that there is no magic wand or silver bullet that exists. And Unfortunately. Trust, we <laughs> high and low. But we found that the best approach is just to roll up your sleeves, get on the road, and build the relationships that help you better understand context, mm -hmm. history, the unique challenges and opportunities that exist in North Carolina communities and institutions. Um, and what we've seen work well though, is when a diverse set or cross-sector community and state leaders come together with a sole agenda of identifying common goals and working to align and coordinate on a path to achieve them. And really, it's to understand what our state needs, where we are, what our education leaders need, mm -hmm. help support them and their vision for the state and as well as our general assembly members and and how can we all and in, in our in our business community and how can we all work together this is big complex work yeah. and we live in a great Clearly. state and there are so many amazing leaders doing some amazing things in all of our 100 counties. And so we just hope that together we can reach higher and elevate to education. You know, MC, just listening to you talk, I know your dad would be very, very proud of what you're doing right now. 
<laughs> and I cannot thank you enough uh, for being on today. Thank you so much, MC. Well, thank you, Mark, for having me on your podcast, Elephant in the Room. I loved having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fantastic. And um, and I, I just love it that you shared some time with us. And I know you're going to reach your goal. In fact, you probably exceed this goal by 2030. Um, so anyway, uh, I want to wrap it up by saying thank you. And uh, folks, until next time, have a great day and always be on the lookout for the Elephant in the Room.